You choose Columbus Business First every week to give you the inside industry intelligence for nearly every business sector in central Ohio. And Columbus Business First chose Crate Media as its official podcast partner for its unique show, Women of Influence, now 70 episodes strong. With 4 million shows, hundreds of millions of listeners, and industry advertising revenues approaching $4 billion, podcasting is the fastest growing audio medium in the U.S. From law to medical, construction to automotive, retail to real estate, every brand has a story. Let Crate Media help tell yours. Visit crate.media slash CBF to learn more about how we can help while receiving a free one-hour casting session with our expert producers, which will help to uncover and shape your company's branded podcast. To learn more about sponsoring Columbus Business First Women of Influence podcast, please email Advertising Director Steve Hewitt at shewitt at bizjournals.com to get started. That's S-H-E-W-I-T-T at bizjournals.com. Hi, y'all. This is Eleanor Kennedy, Assistant Managing Editor of Columbus Business First and the host of this podcast, Women of Influence. This podcast features conversations with Columbus's leading women in business in which they talk about how they gained power, how they keep it, and how other women can follow in their footsteps. Today, we're chatting with Amy Heinz from Patel. Thanks for joining us, Amy. Yeah, hi. It's nice to be here. <laughs> we're very excited to chat with you. A little bit different kind of industry that you're in, I think, than a lot of the guests we've had. So um, I want to start there. Tell us what you do at Patel. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a technical fellow. And at R&D organizations, technical fellows are the ones who set the technical direction for the company. So the general managers, the president, they decide where we're going to go as a business. And then it's the technical fellow's role to figure out how we assemble the right technical capabilities. Those can be investments that we make. Those can be how we solve problems. It can be the people that we bring in. So there's really a, a lot of elements that go into that technical direction setting, um, but it's a really fun job. And you just recently were promoted to this position, correct? Yep. So Battelle had realized that a lot of our technical people, there's a technical track that you can go up. And people who wanted to go into leadership roles were moving over to management positions, line management, resource management. And so Battelle realized there was a need to elevate a technical position to a management role. Mm -hmm. So it's an executive position um, that they've created. And I was the first one, and now we have a second one, Justin Sanchez. Awesome. And how long have you been with Battelle overall? Uh, about 15 years. Okay. And what? Uh, and your background is in chemistry, correct? Yeah. So I got my degree from University of Michigan uh, in chemistry, went and got a PhD from UMass Amherst in polymer science. And then I came to Battelle to work on bio-based polymers, which I actually never did. I ended up <laughs> doing other things, um, but I've been in materials ever since. Okay. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about what you do today, but first I want to go way back. So yeah. when did you first decide that you wanted to go into chemistry and into this field? Yeah. Well, as a kid, I always liked learning. So I always knew I wanted to go to college, and I always knew I wanted to be smart. <laughs> But I didn't know what that meant. You know, as a child, your worldview is not very big. And as a child of the 80s, I really knew everything I knew from sitcoms. And my, you know, probably what I looked at the most was like Alex P. Keaton from <laughs> Family Ties. And so I, I, I just didn't know what the options were. So when I went to college, I really pursued a lot of different things. I thought, you know, maybe I want to be a physicist. Maybe I want to be a mathematician. I was a psychology major for a little while, so it took me about a year and a half before I happened into a chemistry class. And I did not like chemistry in high school, 
Um, but there was a lab class we were given where they gave us a powder and they said, we want you to figure out what this is. And I just thought that was really cool. <laughs> and so it turned out, I thought it was fun. I was good at it. And at that point I started really looking at chemistry. Gotcha. What was the, in a lot of, the, it sounds like you were always kind of on the like STEM side of things, kind of science. What was the gender makeup of the classes you were in at that point? Yeah. Chemistry tends to have more women, but like from the time I was in high school and I started pursuing physics, like I was in an AP physics class, there were 12 people in the class and there were two women, mm-hmm. two girls. And as I moved up, uh, you know, it's still the case that I'll be at a conference. I was just at a conference last week and, you know, there were maybe five women at the mm-hmm. conference of 100 people. So it's common to be one of the only women in the room. Is that is that something you think about or it's just sort of the world that you live in and so... A combination of both. Sometimes it, I used to think it seemed kind of cool. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's hard to fit in. And uh-huh. so I would say earlier in my career, you know, fitting in was something I would think about. You know, like if, you at a, if you're at a conference or you're in a class and you sit down, how do you have a conversation with somebody? How do you start that out? It can be really natural between women, but especially earlier in my career, I wasn't sure how to, how to take that first step. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was only after I gained confidence in my own abilities and also learned that I was judging men the same way that I thought they were judging me. I was kind of thinking they were all the same. Uh-huh. And that, that wasn't the case. They were there. They had their own insecurities and their own things that they were thinking about. And so I just kind of lost my fear. And so getting back to the job that you do today, uh, and how long ago did you take the technical? A year. Okay, so you're about a year in. What was the hardest part of taking on that role? Uh, The hardest part about taking on the role is that I was the first. Mm -hmm. So the expectations of what the job is, first I had high expectations for myself and also as a role model for you know, setting the stage for other people who will go into this role. So, you know, that, that's been difficult. And then just determining what are the right actions to take. So I had often thought about what I would be doing if I was going to be setting the strategic technical direction of a company, you know, and that was something I had thought about for many years and was excited to do. But I realized that there's a lot of collaboration that has to occur. It's not just me setting a technical direction or deciding what technical things we need to do. I have to understand the businesses. I have to understand business processes. I have to understand accounting and finance and all these things that I hadn't really paid much attention to as a technical person, Mm -hmm. I had to learn. And Mm -hmm. so the last year has really been a lot of learning and quietly getting to know where people fit in, how we come together and how we can do something bigger. So I expect the next year to be a really exciting one, um, but that's that's what's been hard is really just figuring out what I don't know and where where the limitations are. Mm-hmm. Did you? I'm sort of jumping around in time yeah. here, but um, when you uh, finished your PhD and sort of were looking for what you were going to do next, right? You have a PhD, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> did you think about going into academia, or did you always know that you wanted to be on sort of the more industry side of things? No, no. I I thought I would go into academia. So. What I really liked doing was basic research. I like doing science for the sake of science, they say. So just understanding a molecule, and because it's a beautiful molecule, studying what its properties are. Uh, there's an art to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was really excited about potentially going to academia. But out of graduate school, I did not want to do the next things that it takes to become a professor, which is often a postdoctoral mm-hmm. uh, fellowship, and then searching around the com- country I wanted to come to Columbus, actually. Mm-hmm. So when you want to come to a certain area, it, it's, it's more limiting. 
So I had a friend who worked at Battelle um, from grad school, and he really loved it. And it seemed like a nice blend of getting to do some basic research, but then putting it to practical purpose. And so since I've come here, I've just made just the right decision Mm -hmm. because over time, I have really come to respect and admire and be excited about applied science, which is what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have several friends who are either wrapping up PhDs or postdocs and trying to figure out how to get jobs, and they just have to look all over the country. So it seems very daunting. Well, and honestly, it's like I talked about watching sitcoms when I was a kid, and and that's your worldview. When you're in graduate school, your worldview is academia. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you know about, and... It's hard to know what else is out there. Um, from graduate school, I had some friends who went into some really interesting uh, job choices. One became a patent examiner, mm-hmm. which is something you wouldn't think about doing. Uh, another is a librarian. Somebody else went to go work uh, in policy. So there's all kinds of jobs. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a matter of getting out there and finding out what they are. Mm-hmm. What made you so sure that Columbus was the place you wanted to be? Oh, why? <laughs> had a, a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I had a boyfriend and he had a child with somebody and so we wanted to be mm-hmm. close. And uh and that's been great. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're happy with the decision. Yeah, I'm very happy with the decision. <laughs> and I have to say so as a uh you know, I went to Michigan. <laughs> and I have to say Ohio State fans are very nice people. Oh. Well, I that's really good. think so. Yeah. yeah. They're really nice people. That's good. But you still Cheer for Michigan. I still do, but I mean, I that's why I think Ohio State is so nice because they continue to act like it's a rivalry, but <laughs> maybe you should edit that part out. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. It seems easier for them to be nice the past couple of years. Maybe, maybe so. That's what I, so I got, I got no dog in the OSU Michigan fight. So my mom was saying she was going to get me like a red scarf or something. And I was like, you should get me a blue one instead yeah. just to like rabble rouse. But yeah, I mean, you can't go around with Michigan bumper stickers on your car. I mean, that would just be expecting trouble. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So I, I do like Columbus now and it's, uh, it's great. I mean, we live in Dublin and uh-huh. Dublin is just such a wonderful community and it's just growing and. We love everything about it. We love the bike paths. We love the Bridge Street expansion. We're just so excited about that neighborhood. Yeah, it seems great. Yeah. So, um, well, I asked you what the hardest part of uh, the new job is. What's your favorite part of it? I mean, the favorite part is the same is is everything's a yin and yang with yeah. me. So my favorite part is the same as the hard part. It's learning about all we do. I, mm-hmm. you know, my I thought my worldview was pretty broad even two years ago. I thought I had a good view of what Battelle does, but our mission and impact is so broad. And so having a chance to learn about all that we do, uh, not just in our Columbus location, but across the country, you know, I think we have three different business units, the national security, health and environment and infrastructure. So if you look at each of those, there's different markets, different customers, different problems and different technologies that they need. And so it's just been really exciting. And then for me, it's getting to know people Mm -hmm. and getting to work with people and getting to recognize people that I, I didn't before. Yeah. Are you managing a team in this role? or? Um, well, I, it's a loose structure of people that, that I, I wouldn't say manage mm-hmm. um, because I'm not a manager. <laughs> um, but we have something called a technical council. So it's made up of 12 people, uh, technical representatives across the organization. And we get together as a council, just like it would sound like a, a, a governing body but not a governing body, more of a, a 
now I need to think about how to say this. <laughs> um, basically weigh in on topics. Yeah, like an advisory. Like an advisory role. Yeah. And so the role of the technical council is to work on various projects that help us internally, externally, help our people, help get our name out, and decide technical direction. Mm-hmm. So what we do together is work on projects. And mm-hmm. in that role, I'm the lead of the technical council, but I don't manage those people. Gotcha. Is that leadership role, though, something that you're comfortable in, that you've done a lot, or has that been a new thing? Oh, yeah. Actually, uh, Battelle has a very interesting structure with mm-hmm. regards to, to leadership positions and management. So at, at Battelle, one of the things we're working on is, is solving problems for customers. So you have a project that you're doing, and that project has a leader. It has a, a programmatic leader and a technical leader. So it would be common still to this day, if I'm working on a technical project, to have somebody else lead me, mm-hmm. you know, even though maybe I'm in a different, you know, or part in the company, they would be the leader of that. So we, we constantly go back and forth between moving leadership roles on technical projects. And that's, it's, it makes for a very collaborative environment. Mm-hmm. And in the role you're in now, you still have the opportunity to, to get your hands dirty? Kind oh, of to yeah. And that's very important. It's important to me. And I think it's important to the role because if you don't know what it really takes to solve a problem, how can you possibly select the right technologies? Mm-hmm. And how can you possibly select the right partnerships? And also set, a, set an example for you know, the younger staff members. They have to believe that you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so getting your hands dirty and really digging in and working as a team is extremely important. Awesome. Well, that's, very, that's all very cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, how many, this is often a hard question for people to answer, how many hours a week would you say you're working? Uh, it's not a hard problem. It's not a hard oh. question. We bill all of our hours. Oh, there we go. Uh, 65. Okay. Have you, uh, has that been a challenge for balancing your life or? Yes. It's too many. <laughs> it's too many. And it's, uh, we've all recognized it's too many. Uh-huh. It's the right amount for a new role. I'm trying to cut that back. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was so much to be done and it has been challenging. So I mentioned I have a stepson. He's in college now but I have a daughter who's nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm her only mother, you know, so I've got to be there for her. I've got a husband. He needs me. You know, I've got friends. Mm-hmm. I've got family things. So uh, it is important that I manage it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's So you're working on sort of figuring that out. I'm working mm-hmm. on figuring that out. Okay, great. What does your daughter want to do? Is she interested in science? Uh, she wants to do everything. <laughs> she wants to do everything. She's, I see her as very much like me. She's just excited about everything. She wants to own a candy factory. <laughs> she, wants to, she wants to be a teacher, and she wants to be Santa Claus because he lives forever. Uh-huh. That's oh, she told me. Yeah. she's like that, uh, that commercial with the little girl who wants to be Santa. Have you seen that one? No, oh. does she want to be Santa because he, he lives does. forever? Well, I, don't, I think she wants to like, give people presents oh, or something. That's, so. a, that's a much nicer reason. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think your daughter's grappling with the big questions. Uh, She's (laughs) always grappling with the big questions. But yeah, she has a lot of passion. So feeding that passion and and keeping her creativity is something we think about a lot. Great. Do you see, you talked about how, you know, you're always kind of one of a few women in the room. Do you see that changing in the industry? Are you optimistic about there being more parity? Yeah. Yeah, I I see that changing. Uh, This is always a hard question. Mm -hmm. On the one hand... Uh, I see pushes by, you know, companies like Battelle 
certainly our national laboratories, the Department of Energy National Laboratories, really intentionally looking for diverse pools of candidates to interview and, and considering that uh, as part of the process. And I'm seeing more and more women and people of color. Mm-hmm. But some disciplines just tend to attract more men. Mm-hmm. I don't know the, the cause of that. So if I was in early childhood education, I might be thinking about that question. But I will say that there, there tends to be some fields where there's a lot of balance, like in biology, chemistry. But as you go more and more into the physical sciences and the hard electrical, mechanical engineering, you start to see more men. Mm-hmm. But chemistry and biology are more even. Or... Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still, you know, it's, it's, it's still not a 50-50. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I will. Personally, I can never get chemistry, but biology, I had that a little bit. But maybe you never had the right class. <laughs> yeah, so like I be... said, I didn't like it in high school either. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe I should have just given, I did not take a single science class in college. Oh, I really? got all my, well, cause I had like AP classes and then I took, I took multivariable calculus, which counted for some science credit that I needed because I had advanced math. So anyways, that's too much about me. Well, <laughs> I, was, I was actually always really interested. So you said, was I always a STEM person? I wasn't always a STEM person. I was interested in everything. I uh-huh. really liked writing. I, I loved communications. Uh, I loved anthropology. I just, I loved everything. But when I went into college, those classes, what I didn't like is the, the lack of objectivity. Yeah, not concrete. Not so, concrete. And yeah. so because of that, it just didn't draw, draw me as much. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked physics, but uh, then I got a two on the AP physics exam. So I was like, maybe oh, this isn't for me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It worked out. I did fine in the class. <laughs> this is more just kind of getting to know you. What do you do to uh, decompress after a stressful day or a stressful week? Oh, well, geez. That's, that's actually the hardest question. <laughs> so I... What I really like to do, which is not something I can do on a daily basis, is travel. Mm-hmm. I love to travel. I love to try new things. I love adventure. And my husband really is interested in adventure right now. We've been looking at a lot of videos on van life. Do you guys know about van no, life? No. Yeah. What is van it's life? Like people who live in their van. Oh. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we're looking at how we can take vacations that will be allow us to go to different, mm-hmm. different locations, you know, trip out west. So that's something. I like to read and I like to eat at restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very simple. I don't, I don't have like a lot of big hobbies. Right now, I, I just took up weightlifting, which we'll see how long that lasts. Oh. I shouldn't even mention it because I've been doing it for like four days. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so I wouldn't really say I've taken up weightlifting, but I plan to. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking this morning that I needed to get some weights for my house. So yeah. Uh. So we have the teeny teeniest tiniest weight room. You know, it's like eleven feet by ten feet or something. And uh-huh. so my husband and I were in there trying to bench press yesterday, bumping into each other. But <laughs> we'll, we'll keep at it. Uh, what do you What do you read typically? What types of stuff? Oh, you know, I thought I. Th- I thought if there's one thing they ask me, they're going to ask me what I'm reading. I'm not going to remember any book names. I like to read fiction. Okay. I like to read science fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, like many people, I was an avid reader of the the Game of Thrones. And uh, so then I had to start watching the series because I realized the last couple books were never going to come. But I yeah. remain hopeful. It yeah. seems it seems that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, went, I meant to ask this earlier. So what do you wish that people in Columbus knew about Patel that they don't? You know, one thing I often hear is that people think we only do really super secret stuff. Mm -hmm. And what I wish people knew is how much we do that helps companies within the area, that helps industry, that helps in health. We have a a great medical device business. 
that's focused on developing drug delivery devices. Um, we're working on neurotechnology devices that can uh, enable motion in people who, who can't move their limbs. Uh, so there's this whole set of work that we do. We develop medical countermeasures. There's a whole bunch of work we do that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. I guess the second thing is, is I really think one of our missions is to bring science and technology to the common man. Mm-hmm. I mean, part of what we want to do is, is translate those early stage technologies to things of impact for everybody. And so it, it isn't something that's like up high in the sky or it's super secret. It's something that's a- absolutely accessible. Mm-hmm. My last kind of big picture question, and you can take it really any direction you want. If you were talking to a young woman just getting out of college, um, what's the number one piece of advice you would give her for building her career and being mm-hmm. successful? Uh, number one. I don't know about a number one. <laughs> I'll start talking. I can't speak for all women. You know, I can only speak for myself. So I only know where I was when I came out of school. And part of what I felt when I came out of school was I had a lot to prove. And that's great. It drives a certain kind of ambition, uh, hard work, excellence, which are great. Um, But it can also drive people away. Mm -hmm. And it can also lead to making maybe bad decisions, And what do I mean by a bad decision? Sometimes you might be given an opportunity to move up, and maybe it's not time to take that yet. Maybe it's time to continue to build yourself. It's kind of like the old advice about a relationship. You know, you need to love yourself before you can be in a really positive relationship. If you really want to be in a technical leadership role or a business leadership role, you need to understand your own strengths and weaknesses, and you need to be able to understand other people's strengths and weaknesses and how we can work together. Because you get to a certain point where you can't do it all alone. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to work with others. And so that requires a lot of elements. And one of the elements is people have to respect you. They have to think you're the real deal. Uh, you have to be able to understand their talents and listen. And so sometimes those are the things that come a little bit harder. Uh, so that would be one thing for people kind of in my type A category. I mean, there's certainly another category where you have to grab it and have some ambition. So if you're a woman who falls into that category of you know, being uncertain, just go for it. I saw this corny bumper sticker that I love, which is like, jump and a net will appear. <laughs> and that is you know, so true. Mm-hmm. If, if you try, it, it just everything else lines up. And what's interesting is, is leaders and organizations look for people like that. They look for people who are trying to do things, who are working. Uh, it just really shows. Those people shine like bright stars. Uh, and so, you know, working your best to try to realize a vision is like one of the most important things to work on. How did you know that taking this position of technical fellow was, you know, the time was right for you to seize the opportunity? Yeah, uh, it's a good question. So I knew it was right because I, I had been thinking about wanting to do just this and propose such a position. <laughs> about five years ago, Many of my friends did start moving into more management positions, and I elected not to do that because I wanted to prove more technically. We have this program. It's called Inventor of the Year, Mm -hmm. and there's another one called Distinguished Inventor. So Inventor of the Year, you get recognized for, you know, your inventions within the company. And then Distinguished Inventor is you have 14 U.S. patents. And I really wanted to hit those internal metrics. I know that sounds silly, but it's something I wanted to do to prove to myself that I could create something and have it be of value. So I really wanted to hit those goals. 
But then once I did, I started to to feel that I wanted to do even more mm. that I could do just within my my single technical role. I didn't mention this. I'm the technical fellow of material science. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, as I said, two two technical fellows, and and I imagine there will be more. Each of us is in our domain. So prior to that, I was in a a, a technical position within a group. But materials is everything around us. So it absolutely can impact everything. So I just wanted a chance to do something bigger. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Well, I'm yeah. glad that it came together for you yeah. and, and the, is the role is everything you hoped it would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amy. It was a delight to chat with you and I uh, enjoyed uh, getting to hear some of your perspectives. So yeah. thanks so much. Thanks. Nice to meet you. You too.